0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, September 5th edition, Labor Day episode brought to you by draftbeast.com and on it. Football season starts Thursday, guys. I've been talking all this trash for all these weeks about how I'm going to destroy you a daily fantasy over a draft beast. I've I've had a few takers, nobody putting up high stakes, anything of that nature. A lot of people afraid of me, intimidated by me. That's natural. That's understandable. Go to draftbeast.com. We'll have some fun. You'll lose some money to me. No big deal. Also, go check out on it on our podcast page, fightful.com slash podcast. Open up any of those pages, click that on it link, support the show by checking out their great uh, supplements, equipment, and apparel. I am joined tonight, not by Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes. He is having some tech issues. He will hopefully be on tomorrow. But instead, I am with a man who is not in any danger to eat a hat this Saturday, mm. Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how are you? Called at the last minute, but happy to be here. I appreciate it. I really <laughs> do. Um, yeah, hopefully hopefully, uh, Rob will be with us tomorrow because we have to get some final words over this hat <laughs> fiasco.
1: Perhaps literally
0: final words from Rob. Like, what do you think? pops up when you hit like the first couple of letters you know how it does the the auto fill on google mm-hmm. it's like you type in i and it's like is there a hat that is edible it just fills it out already on his his search bar
1: i think personally i think rob is still convinced that this fight does not go down that there's an injury in training or that someone misses weight and then decides not to do the fight anyways okay. Let's put it this way. Rob has sent like cupcakes and stuff to the CM Punk and Mickey Gall camps, hoping that one of them will eat them and miss weight, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, a programming note, guys, because a lot of you were asking about this weekend's post-UFC Germany podcast. Showdown Joe and I are going to try to do one tomorrow evening before SmackDown, <laughs> talking UFC Germany, CM Punk, things of that nature. Then we're going to do one again Wednesday night to preview UFC 203 and talk all kinds of stuff there. And also tomorrow night after SmackDown, hopefully with Rob McCarran. I wish you the best of
1: luck talking that UFC Hamburg card. I do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean,
0: a lot of my a lot of my teammates have trained with Josh Barnett, so okay. I'll have a little bit to talk about there. So, And he's a catch wrestling guy, and I come from that kind of background. So I have a little more to lend towards that than I would just a normal – like, main event they would have had. I just that. meant from
1: an entertainment factor. It wasn't much.
0: <laughs> I thought the last three fights were okay. Okay. I thought they were all right. Well, th- the outcomes of them yes, were, the were okay. Yes, the outcomes were okay. So we had Monday Night Raw tonight, Labor Day edition. Did you do anything for Labor Day, Jeff?
1: Uh, I cleaned at home, pretty much, is what I did. <laughs> I took my day off to hmm. to try and reorganize quite a bit of my, uh, my place. As I look around, I go, eh, I got about 50% of it done.
0: I had to pull decorations from venues in which we oh. have to complete doing tomorrow.
1: This was the that day after the wedding, though, so uh, congratulations.
0: Yeah, Thank you very much. Best weekend of my life, legitimately. It was fantastic. And now this. Uh, we, <laughs> do, we did not get Broken Matt Hardy to preside over the wedding, as many suspected, though, which is a shame, unfortunate. But we did have Monday Night Raw tonight. Some Some happening stuff, some not-so-happening stuff. I love the opening segment, though. I really enjoyed it. Kevin Owens is out there for his championship coronation with Mick Foley and Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon on this program had a noticeable shift in character, Jeff. I wish I could put my finger on it and explain it. I don't want to say babyface, but not necessarily a heel. Her and Mick Foley were very vocal in saying they had each other's backs, even though Mick made a couple of calls that Stephanie didn't agree with. It looked like these two were on the same page, and Stephanie, while not portraying a baby face, obviously was not on the same page as Triple H last week. She was playing it
1: straight more than anything. Mm-hmm. That I think that's the most noticeable change is that when she plays a character, she plays it very, <laughs> oh, how did I once put The Al Pacino modern-day school of acting where you chew scenery to let, look, I'm a bad guy. I'm growling and saying these words and things yeah. like that. Uh, I thought this was some of McFoley's best performance uh, work in a long, long time. In terms of being very intense, uh, I, I have a strange feeling though they're not gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna totally not reward our investment in this angle for some reason. I do think Stephanie's gonna yeah. end up being a liar in some way, but I, I agree with you. I enjoyed this quite a bit. I, I a lot, especially even Seth Rollins uh, involvement in it.
0: So it looked as if maybe they're going a babyface route with Seth Rollins or, or maybe not necessarily full heel. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. He's a little bit in the middle because uh, go figure the guy who should be in the middle is the guy that they want to be the baby face. Which is, you know, such a such a WWE move to make because they had Roman Reigns show up at the end of the show and be like the conquering, returning baby face, and yeah. it's it's so weird. It's just so, so weird that they do but- that.
1: Is it, is it weird or is it just we're going with the playbook we have? It's kind of like when you bring back an old coach in the NFL, so to speak. Like when they brought back Joe Gibbs, when the Redskins brought back Joe Gibbs, so to speak, and he had the same playbook from his winning ways in the mid-80s, and it didn't work. But, hey, I'm going to do these plays anyways because what should work then? Because it's all basic fundamentals. It's good guy, bad guy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and this crowd wants none of it. That's the thing. And, and so I think they're thinking, well, another crowd will. But they're going to go with the playbook.
0: Yeah, well, well, Seth Rollins came out. He earned himself a WWE Universal Championship match by attacking Kevin Owens. He even said he made sure to specify, I don't have any problem with you, Kevin Owens. And I like that they did that. I like that they threw that in there because not every babyface, not every tweener, not every heel needs to have a problem with every other person. On the roster, mm-hmm. I like that. It, I, you know, they. This is the aforementioned
1: shades of gray type of thing that they always like to say that they do, and now they're actually <laughs> doing it. So, yes. which is great.
0: Again, guys, apologies. I'm also battling a little bit of a sinus infection right now, but I'm a soldier on. By the way, guys, if you all haven't been to fightful.com and you're checking this out on YouTube, check out fightful.com. All kinds of exclusives from MMA, pro wrestling, boxing. We've got uh, CM Punk talking about his – his, or actually one of CM Punk's training partners talking about what it's like to train alongside CM Punk. Said he was a little bit of a dist- distraction, but really praise his work, work ethic. You get tons of exclusives from Showdown Joe. We have one on Daniel Cormier, what he thought of the SummerSlam finish. Uh, of course, lots of columns from all of our guys over at Fightful.com. If you all don't like MMA – Check out that podcast I do with Showdown Joe and some of his writing. You'll really, really like it. Uh, Also, when you register for free at Fightful.com, you get access to our forums, which are are, are overhauling them, making them more user-friendly. That should be done pretty soon, I think. You also get early access to several podcasts, including the Friday Vince Russo podcast that we do. So make sure to go sign up for that. It helps us out a lot. And, of course, share uh, the podcast, share the site, share the stories. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, all of that helps incredibly. Also, uh, take part in our viewing parties. Every major show, even the minor shows, hell, TNA, we do viewing parties for those. Hmm. Uh, Cruiserweight Classic, NXT, Lucha Underground, which is back. Lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff. Can't say the same about Raw. There was some fun stuff, sure. We had a uh, backstage uh, Mick Foley made a match with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. What was your reaction when this match was made? Was it that of, you know, there's probably three general reactions. Cool. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they always have good matches. I don't really care about this. Or Jesus Christ, why are they doing this again? I, which, which did you follow?
1: I thought they were going to find a way to put Sami into this match at Clash of Champions, but uh, I was wrong. Um because my original thinking was that Stephanie was going to back, was going to back Seth, Triple H would back Kevin, and then Foley would end up backing Sami Zayn and be kind of a proxy war. But I'm kind of happy to be wrong about that. Unfortunately, the alternative is I think we're getting a triple threat Roman. But uh, it, it shocked me a little bit that they'd go back to this well again. But uh, at the same time, maybe they're. I, I'd like to it. If I was a glass-half-full guy, I'd say, well, they're laying the seeds for when Sammy finally does beat Kevin for the title. I don't think that's ever happening, but, uh, you know, you can read it that way as well if you want to be more optimistic than me.
0: I wouldn't mind this becoming a an Eddie Guerrero, Ray Mysterio type of thing where Zayn had his number before, but once Kevin Owens won that title, like Sammy Zayn just can't beat him and can't beat him, and then maybe one day he finally does. There was no Triple H on this show. Did that surprise you after last week?
1: Yes, but I think it's a smart move. I think it keeps the intrigue there. I think I think that's possibly the most the, the most intriguing thing about this raw was who didn't show up, and that was Triple H. And I think that k- keeps the interest going for another week. My problem with your theory about the uh, Ray Eddie thing is they're doing something very similar with the women, even though they kind of they they kind of didn't. In, well, the distraction finish is still a distraction finish, so to speak, but the, the, the whole angle of Bayley and, and Charlotte right now, which looks to be changing also, is is that ba- it's different on the main roster now that Charlotte's up here. That Things are different.
0: Also in this backstage segment, Chris Jericho showed up and said, how dare you do this to my best friend? And then says, <laughs> he's the longest reigning universal champion in history, which Loved is it. hilarious hilarious and also true the
1: only funny thing on the show perhaps that was meant to be comedy and it was this yes
0: yes yes this was great chris jericho has fully embraced his cheesiness my best and, friend
1: also I, I always love because of, this is my best friend
0: yes and now chris jericho as he embraces his cheesiness at age 45 he'll be 46 in a few months i think is among the funniest he's ever been hmm. and he he fits in that role i i love him as almost Kevin Owens' crony right now.
1: <laughs> I am looking because- forward to the interview Jericho gives where he where he finally says who the, um, you know how he used Anton Chigurh for that one run? He always has that influence type of thing that he's looking for in the movies. Yes. I want to know who he's looking for here because I have a few ideas, but I don't think any of them are right. So I want to know who I he's can't. looking for right now.
0: I can't wait for the Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho sit-down interview with Michael Cole that they throw out on some random Friday where they, they rehearse very little of those and sometimes you get some real gold there.
1: Oh, yeah, like the New Day one. The first New Day one was just yes. brilliant.
0: Uh, Bailey versus Charlotte. Dana is at ringside with a clipboard taking notes, which is also funny. Um, this match was – it was there. It was, it existed. This match happened.
1: Look, the match wasn't good, but what they're doing with yeah. Bailey is very, very good.
0: It's Ooh, the very, crowd was hot it's for her tonight. Very
1: smart. They're letting her hit all the things that she's supposed to hit the hugging of the girls in the crowd, the camera shots of girls wearing her merchandise, the slap bracelet. They know her spots. They're doing the underdog thing better with her in terms of what they need to do with her as opposed to having them go the Sami Zayn route where he where she'd lose a lot. Um, she gets a fluke win here, and since it looks like plans are changing, they can now put her on the back burner a bit, which isn't a bad thing either. Um, I think at the end of the match, the only note on uh, Dana's clipboard was Bailey wins.
0: <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they kind of made it sound like it was a fluke victory, but I mean, really, I mean, well, you could say... Charlotte kind of conked heads with Dana Brooke, but Charlotte didn't sell it much. That No. That's what happened.
1: But, but they put it over as a big deal on the main roster of her getting a win over the champ, though. They didn't put it over as necessarily a fluke. They put it over as she overcame that beating that she took for the first two segments of the match to pull out a win because she was paying attention.
0: Indeed. Uh, also, last week, I uh, forgot to mention, guys, uh, we have a really cool exclusive from Brandon Howard, on his experience at SummerSlam Weekend, a great Mm two-parter. And, of course, Vince Russo's columns are up on Fightful.com as well. Lots of cool stuff there. So the the Bailey thing, it seems to be working. Like, I do these YouTube rankings all the time. The women's segments don't usually do well. Eva Marie does for whatever reason because people want to find out what she is doing to get out of any particular segment. Bailey's overperformed. Now, next week, those numbers are going to be even more interesting, or actually two weeks from now, because I put them out a week behind so they have a week to build. Next week, Monday Night Football, regular season Monday Night Football is back. Mm -hmm. So the consumption of Monday Night Raw is going to be perhaps much different for the next several months than it is traditionally. Right? How do you think this will affect their their television ratings? Not necessarily the YouTube rankings, but their viewership.
1: I think it, I think viewership will increase in the later hours because that second game isn't very good on paper. Isn't it Rams-Niners?
0: I think so. Yeah,
1: yes. so I think once that early game is done, and it may get done very early because it's Steelers-Redskins and the Redskins aren't very good. I think the Steelers are going to end up blowing them out. That game could be over by halftime. It may not affect the numbers at all. Um, just to backtrack real tr- quick on the Bailey thing, there, there's a couple of interesting things about what they've done with Bailey here. She's actually the first and, and we've and I've noted this before on the show with Rob, she's the first real char- female character that is genuinely aspirational for people to get behind which is a new thing, and it's brave new world for WWE to do a likable female character that people can get behind rather than, oh, she's so sexy and hot and smart and whatever, kind of the usual crap that they put in there that's slightly misogynist, but it's meant to be empowering, so to speak. And they've also yeah. given her, they've also given her like, the up spot, which I find interesting with the uh, turnbuckle. Hitting well, she, in the she's had
0: that for a while.
1: Yeah, she she had it in NXT, but she only played it up a little bit with the Asuka match, I think. I don't remember it being... Oh, maybe she did with Sasha in that TakeOver Brooklyn match, too. She does it in the big matches. She didn't used to do it week to week, I don't think. But both Charlotte and Dana need to work on taking those turnbuckles also.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, but the crowd was so hot for, for Bailey, yeah. Like, this crowd early on, Wow, what a, what a fantastic crowd this was for the especially for the first hour hour and a half before they realized, hey, maybe we don't have that much of a reason to be so happy. But I do wish that every crowd would go into it like this with that optimism mm-hmm. because it, it does add a lot to the show. It adds a ton to the show. And this this match, which was not good, was a really good indication of that because even though this was not a good match, the crowd treated it as if it were a good match.
1: Yeah, and it was supposed to tell the story more than be a good. It's it, what it is. Is what I think you're looking at as I wanted the best Bailey Charlotte match I could get. That's not the story they're telling here. She's not a Bailey's not a main event player yet. She is supposed to be low on the roster, so to speak, coming up from NXT. So they're not going to put her at the equal level. She has to earn that way up there. And I think I think eventually they're going to pay that off, and it's going to be rewarded. So don't 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 overvalue the match. Just yet while they're telling the story that this is one of those times where I say, slow down on on wanting the great in ring work to click immediately.
0: We had a backstage segment with Charlotte screaming at Dana. <laughs> Dana wants another chance. Charlotte smacks the piss out of her
1: now somewhere on a bu- on a bulletin board <laughs> or a chalkboard or a dry erase board is still the Dana Charlotte program that somebody there wants right? <laughs> I hope not, but I think they yeah. want that. <laughs>
0: Oh God! Could you imagine? Oh, someone, Could you imagine?
1: Someone might die in that match, like literally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bo Dallas versus some Jamoke. Bo Dallas comes out with new Titantron deal. New, has an election sign. Beats a Jabroni. He, he tells like a little. He recites a poem. Drops the mic. Beats the dude. And he he does. Uh, like sort of like a, a reverse crossroads. What's the name of that move again? Somebody used to do it.
1: it, it it's the crossroads. I thought it was exactly the crossroads. Was it, and was it, it the crossroads? They called it something like uh, – what did the, they call it? I forgot what they called it. But it was the important thing yeah. is
0: the guy that got drunk at an airport sang the Circle of Life and got yeah. pushed.
1: Yeah, I am I am totally baffled by everything about this segment from intense bow to actually getting a squash match to getting a win. I, I, I don't understand because this at all. They
0: had to go to a lot of trouble for this. Mm-hmm. One, they had to find a jobber smaller than Bo Dallas. They had to go find a guy. They had to produce a, the little Titan Tron, make a sign. Do you think this was in the cards before this happened? before this incident, this airport incident?
1: I think possibly, because there's no reason to do this, really. <laughs> I, I just I, – I saw some people saying this might be the start of turning him into a Wyatt finally. I don't see that happening. Um, the My only explanation is they kill him next week. That's the yeah. only thing I can think of. It,
0: and I had somebody say, well, how do you know this is a push? This isn't a push. He no. won a match.
1: No, they built him is, up.
0: They built him a, up.
1: That's not a push.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's a step up compared to what he's had right. since the social outcasts had kind of disbanded. That's probably about as big as a push as he's going to get. But but seriously, I
1: wrote, I don't understand any of this. And I don't. I didn't <laughs> understand any any logic to, to this at all unless it's to kill him next week, possibly against Braun.
0: Yeah, and, and that would be cool. I would be okay with that. Uh, By the way, I want to give a shout-out to Alex Pawlowski, who served as interim editor this weekend while I was out. Uh, Big thanks to him for for holding down the fort while I was gone. Also, our great team, which we have far too many people to name right now. Uh, We had Seth Rollins versus Chris Jericho. This was a fun match. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this match. I really liked it. Rollins worked like a babyface. He was hitting top rope moves and springboard moves. A lot of things that he doesn't usually pull out on Raw matches where he's a heel. Uh, sometimes he does, but this one was. It was very obvious who played the babyface and the heel in this match in particular.
1: Yeah, while well, still keeping the story of it being kind of a heel versus heel match, which I like. I like having these occasional heel versus heel feuds where, you know what, guys who are unlikable and in it for themselves should always be in it for themselves, no matter who holds the title. And I like that. I like that aspect of this story here. And I thought this match was great. I thought Jericho. Made him look like a million bucks.
0: Yeah, this was to further, you know, Seth Rollins beating up Kevin Owens' best friend. Mm -hmm. It did just that. It it entertained me the whole time. Very happy with this match. Sheamus and Cesaro, the real story of this match was this badass crucifix backbreaker that Sheamus did. Holy crap. And he and Cesaro have been doing really cool stuff lately at the end of their matches like we had the back body drop into the post yeah. and that admit that was an immediate finish so what did they do the next week well cesaro's back is still hurt from that so he hits him with a crucifix backbreaker bro kick pin i thought that was fantastic you know the match is the the, the body of the match was what you're going to get out of sheamus and cesaro solid as always mm-hmm. but this finish again a second straight week i loved it jeff
1: yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot, and I, I don't particularly like matches between these two. I find them kind of going through the motions but while still hard-hitting. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they're repetitive to me. Um, I find it interesting that they're doing parts of these best of sevens off camera. Like they announced yeah, they announced,
0: that, they announced London Wednesday.
1: Which very interesting if you're going to have Cesaro come back mm-hmm. for him not to win this one and to win one in the U.K., so to speak, which, while not exactly Seamus' home territory, is kind of Seamus' home territory.
0: I mean, I'm sure they up, they'll probably upload the full match to YouTube, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I, I would expect so. Now, do you think he comes all the way back here to tie it at six? I mean, three apiece?
0: Probably, probably. Okay. Probably, yeah. I think, that, but, I
1: think that also takes away the drama from a lot of it, to be honest with you. It's like one of those, well, here comes the comeback. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, but I I can't speak highly enough. Yeah, of that the finish of that match. Like, I love wrestling psychology. This was great wrestling psychology. The finish of this match.
1: I agree, and I I like you know what I eventually I want Cesaro to just be covered in that athletic tape. <laughs> that would be, be great. Just a walking wounded like a mummy or something like
0: that. There, like I follow a lot of photographers on Instagram, and that's a thing now. Like. It's like outfits are completely made of tape. That needs to be Cesaro. Okay. His entire like gear, his boots are just k tape. Now that are layered.
1: Now, what's your feelings on k tape? Do you find that they have? Because I've heard both that it helps and, and that it are that it's psychosomatic.
0: I use it on my shoulders. If like if I'm if I'm wearing a singlet and I wrestle, I don't use it on my shoulders. I don't want it to be visible. But sometimes, like, they'll have me wrestle, do pro wrestling matches in my MMA gear. Okay. Now, for, for MMA, and, and I'll wear rash guard. I wear it then, and I kind of notice it. But in the scope of the match, you're probably not paying attention anyway. Right. For him, I, I I assume it's more of a DDP thing, where it started off real, and now he's... Now it's a gimmick. Just made it into something people can target. Right. But...
1: Like I wear a knee brace when I do like a lot of heavy lifting and for mm-hmm. things of that nature, but I don't. Dave need Meltzer it. I do. level heavy
0: lifting, because yes. Jesus Christ.
1: Well, like like lifting with my legs, I I don't stare at his legs. He's more of an upper body guy. That Dave Meltzer. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: As a tradition in the pro wrestling industry, let's be real.
1: Yeah, so she, I'm more doing the anti Rick Rude of actually doing like leg presses and stuff, but I, I wear mostly for. Um, mm-hmm ease peace of mind rather than actually necessity. So I think that mm-hmm. might be a lot of it too. Cause I, I just watched the, when you watch the Olympics, half these athletes had tape all over themselves. I'm just like, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. If I, if I could choose, I would be strapped up like Ryback I, without gloves. Cause he had, well, and armbands, he had armbands, elbow pads, gloves, knee pads, boots. Like he was almost covered from head to toe. But it took like like nine pieces of of equipment.
1: He's the Barry Bonds it. of professional wrestling. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, he's gonna come out <laughs> with the 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 ankle protector or whatever it is, so he doesn't get hit on the, the end step. Yes. Man. But yeah, I, I I like that he does that. It it's one of those things where it's like, well, he needs it to compete, but it is a target. But mm-hmm. I don't I personally I've never noticed the difference that the K tape provides that regular athletic tape doesn't provide. By the way, we will be talking about athletic tape later in this show.
1: Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Enzo and Cass interrupt the shining stars who, you know, didn't say anything. I don't, they didn't do anything wrong that I remember.
1: No, they, they came out to start a anti-American promo about labor day and they got
0: interrupted. And Enzo went into labor. <laughs> what? You think they're gonna.
1: this wasn't even the worst comedy on the show. <laughs>
0: I know. And the crowd was into it. The crowd loved it. Yeah. They're gonna start that shh, sh- chant, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. That's,
0: I, that's gonna be a thing. It's gonna be a thing. We had your typical match, Enzo in peril. But then Enzo got pinned. Mm-hmm. This was surprising. And Rob, as Rob pointed out, they're playing up that Enzo and Cass haven't really been that great together. They haven't won NXT tag titles before. Big Cass has been better on his own. Now, I'll ask you, Jeff, do you think this lead, do you think this is the direction it's going?
1: Look, I agree with Rob's assessment that this is a story they could play up, but I don't see any signs of them actually playing this up on television. <laughs> they haven't played that up at all, to be honest. Not
0: at all. They you. didn't mention it. Yeah, so... I mean, maybe they start so, mentioning so Rob, it, but. Rob
1: is booking in his head right now, and I appreciate the, the ability to make sense of things that don't exist, but right now, this is just a... I think this is a false... This is a red herring. I think they're going to tease a breakup, but they're going to come back as stronger once they have a few more matches together. They're going to have a couple miscues here and there, and people are going to be questioning, oh, is this the time for... And then they're going to eventually win the titles, I think.
0: I hope so because I think that, that playing Enzo like that would be a really, really good move because he's already a sympathetic guy. If you show him backstage doubting himself, saying, you know, I don't want to hold you back, that maybe you are better without me. And then he's the one, like maybe Cass plays the babyface in peril, yeah. and Enzo's the one who makes the comeback. Huge pop. I think that would work out Oh, yeah. Out everybody, but,
1: everybody loves that whole underdog story, you know, and, and I think that would be the one to, to do if they actually get a title shot here down the road, if, if if they ever finally pull the trigger on the club beating the damn New Day, which God knows if they are.
0: As Alex pointed out, we should have seen this coming because the Shining Stars did beat Golden Truth on, Super, on Superstars last week. So the huge push is coming. It's, it doesn't get much bigger than what, what they've experienced. We had a Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens backstage segment. I like this. This was quick to the point. I enjoyed it. Kevin Owens uh, said that, kind of said that Sami Zayn would always be his number two. Sami Zayn reminded him that he won at Battleground.
1: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine. But he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: And said so that their race will never be over. Jeff, your thoughts?
1: I liked the fact that Kevin Owens basically looked at him and said, you know what, that match at Battleground meant nothing if you think about it now because I got the belt. I mean, I, I, think, I think Kevin Owens spoke truth to power and it bugged Sammy, and I liked it a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was simple. It worked. Nia Jax versus a woman who looked like she raided Noel Foley's uh, Instagram wardrobe. Jorts. It's like a- <laughs> Jorts and it looked like a Calvin <laughs> Klein like sports bra top. Well, and she was billed as being one of Alicia Fox's friends, Mm. so they built up a little something for later on. Nia Jax was on the defensive a little more than usual. I wish that when all of these girls would go for like a rear naked choke on her that they play up, hey, that's worked before in the past. Yeah, That's why they keep going for this. She is susceptible to this, but they don't do that, of course. That would just make too much sense. Maybe they don't want to mention that she's lost before. And that, that's maybe understandable.
1: I think that's exactly right. it. That, remember, stuff in NXT does not count.
0: Sure. Nia Jax wins. Nothing here. Also, nothing here. This miserable segment with Anderson, Gallows, the old day, and the new day. Jeff, take it away, my friend. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh,
1: Uncomfortably... Um unfunny. Uh
0: it was miserable.
1: I I assume Vince was watching this on a monitor, howling in a fetal position, thinking that this is some of the best comedy he's ever written. And I <laughs> a lot I would of it, rather
0: gnaw on a porcupine than watch this again.
1: Yeah, and it always makes me uncomfortable the number of and look, I'm again I'm not a social justice warrior by any definition of the word, but the number of minority acts I get poked fun of on television bugs me, especially when it's overkill and it's bad. And when the, but you know, it was weird because then the new day come out and they don't treat it as, you know, even remotely serious, which I guess could be good and bad, you know, beating up the imposters. I'd much rather, I want to see them fight gallows and anderson in a fight i don't want to see this one-upsmanship of comedy skits from like an eighth grade talent in, re, in, show. Which,
0: in which neither team actually appears to have any creative input because Correct. i get the feeling that if they were this shit wouldn't have made air because anderson and gallows are, are way better than this and new day are too we've seen it
1: it's like someone got an eight year old child to write these sketches like even, even the whole balls angle <laughs> to the point of, you know, you're just like, for someone get me an eight-year-old child, a local one. We'll we'll, we'll test it on them. Do you find this funny? Yes. Okay, great. There, we'll put it on air.
0: There was somebody that, told, that was trying to tell me, well, Anderson and Gallows are heels. This shouldn't have been funny. They should have thought it was funny. Yeah, but they weren't doing the traditional heel cackling where they thought it was so funny and nobody else did type of thing. And I don't know that I agree with the idea of putting intentionally unentertaining programming on your, inter- your entertainment program.
1: Well, not only that, they took, mean- a, they took a step back with them because they had that vicious beatdown of the Dudleys to send them on their way, which made you think that they were going to no longer be taken not, taking not so seriously, which had happened earlier in the show with the whole balls angle again. So, so they're actually taking a step back here with the Dana skip last week and now this week with this one.
0: There is a real contender for worst angle in WWE of 2016. <laughs> and it's not even New Day and Anderson no, Gallows.
1: I know where you're going with this. Go ahead.
0: Darren Young, Titus O'Neil. Why in the shitting piss is this still going on? Pardon my French, guys. I had a great weekend, weekend of my life. On this night, I watched Darren Young versus Jinder Mahal. <laughs> on television <laughs> i watched it it was terrible oh, the finish of this match was so miserable Ugh. so miserable
1: you know what was bad the, the only redeeming thing of this was until he left the commentary booth titus O'Neil was doing okay for himself i thought yeah other than that everything about this was piss poor the execution of the match the execution of the jumping of titus after the match Bob Backlund basically doing nothing the entire time. It's you wonder if they're just we need something to fill this segment. Let's fill this segment with this. It doesn't have to be good. The
0: cruiserweights are here. When's that? Next week? Allegedly. Yeah. Cool. When's the cruiserweight classic finals?
1: Um the Wednesday of that week of next week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah, no, it, it's kind of disappointing for me because Jack Geller was scheduled to be at PWG and had some flight issues, I guess, and so oh, I. Nah. but I guess he's been signed now officially and he will be there uh, permanently, so we all get to enjoy his rise.
0: Did you go to Battle of Los Angeles? I did
1: not. I skipped out on it. I actually bought tickets for uh, WWN for Mania, and I used my money for that when I originally got uh, shut out of the tickets. I had an offer for night two, which would have been the night I would have gone, and I probably should have gone, but. I've, I've heard it, nothing but good things about it. I've heard some very over, <laughs> I think, overvalued opinions at times about it because I'm like, if you're saying that there was a tag match there that was better than the Revival versus Champ and Gargano, I'd call you yeah. a liar immediately.
0: <laughs> so people people are asking us to talk about it. Oh, we can't. Get at us in 2018 when they finally released the DVD of it.
1: Oh, I predicted the winner. That's about all I can say about it. Yeah. I mean everything that ha- I'll talk a little bit about, even though I didn't see any of the matches, I can't give opinions on the matches. But the booking, sure. the booking makes sense for PWG, not for what people were thinking. You, you gotta remember, PWG rewards a lot of things. They reward loyalty, they reward time and service. They're not gonna give a big push to a guy who's only been there once or zero times, you know, or guys who can't perform. Like everybody was like, "Well, how come Pentagon Junior wasn't put in the finals? Because Pentagon Junior's only been on another Battle of Los Angeles card, really." You know, and, and same with Matt Riddle. This is Matt Riddle's first time in there. He's not going to win the first time out. They usually give heard one- really
0: good things about him. Yeah, oh, for, no, he's great. I've always heard great he things about
1: great. him. He is great. I saw him at Mania for the first time during the Evolve shows, and I've been watch And he's one of the reasons I buy every Evolve show after this. He is phenomenal. He should be signed yesterday. And the fact that the WWE keeps dragging its feet on him makes me think I was someone else in- should.
0: I was told in February he was as good as signed, and then that yes. same person said, "Well, the they stuff. they kind of want him under his. They want him under their thumb, but they don't necessarily want to sign him right now."
1: Well, William Regal was there and saw it, so I mean, if he has any say,
0: yeah, good point. We had a backstage segment with Nia Jax and Alicia Fox. Uh, Nia Jax comes up and she's like, "How you doing? What's up? How's your girl?" and Alicia goes, What's wrong with you? Yeah. Over this girl just winning a match. Like, well, what did Naya do wrong? Which, you know, that's okay. Cause as Alex said, <laughs> Alicia Fox goes apoplectic. Yeah. And starts tearing apart the table. And he says, a, a catering table and throws a box of donuts. That wasn't a catering table. And it wasn't a box of donuts. It was a trainer's table and it was uh, athletic tape, a box of athletic tape. It would have been a lot better if it were Donuts. And we will just pretend that it was Donuts because she slapped the hell. I think that maybe she didn't even mean to do it because her reaction was that of legitimate surprise.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, There's good and bad with this, Jeff. (laughs) I like Alicia Fox doing this and playing this role, but you're going to have a lot of people that are like – or play – Catty rolls and all the girls play catty rolls. This is a little different. Not all of them go guano crazy and tear shit up around the ring and hit Nia Jax in the face with rolls of tape. That doesn't happen all the time.
1: I was early I like on it. the elite. I was early on the Alicia Fox train. I really liked her, but she hasn't improved too much. Yet the problem with the crazy character is she's supposed to be a baby face, Sean, and she's going nuts hey, for no reason.
0: So. It made me <laughs> like her even more.
1: Hey, no, and, Well, okay, you can get to this point of crazy. You can't have her start at crazy because there's nowhere to heighten it from here. Really.
0: I love it. Zero to no, crazy. No, and...
1: I liked when she was like coming <laughs> out dumping k- dumping Cokes on people and, and taking people <laughs> popcorn and stuff. Don't get me wrong. That entertained me to no end. But the how's your girl? You know, I love it. Is. I love it. No, no way. <laughs> I thought it was great. It's like Tasmanian loved, devil or something just going <laughs> around yes, backstage.
0: It's perfect. I loved every week just wondering what she was going to do because I had no idea. I don't want to, I'm not saying it's Brian Pillman level because Brian Pillman's a local legend here. He is. But Jesus, it was so good when she did that. And I hope it happens.
1: Brian was more conniving crazy. This is more you turn to your boy and going, Ah, uh, you dating that, huh? Okay. <laughs>
0: it was it was fantastic. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> Braun Strowman versus Sinkara. They gave Sinkara the most generic ass music I've ever heard. Braun Strowman did the old Berserker thing where he just tosses him out, gets a count-out win. You think they'll go full Berserker with this guy? Yeah. Huss, huss, huss. Um. You know, you look back. The Berserker was like a giant Daniel Bryan, <laughs> chanting Huss with the beard and the, the furry boots. I was going with
1: low-rent Brody, but you can go
0: with <laughs> hey.
1: Daniel. I just love that he...
0: You, know you know what? You know what? Low-rent Brody or giant Daniel giant generic Daniel Bryan are far <laughs> better than he ever was in WWE.
1: I, I just love that they so. continue to make Sin Cara and, uh, and Kalisto have full mask. And give a promo like this, and they can't move their legs in the mouth. Just uh, stop it! Yeah, and they didn't. You know what? They didn't even have the decency to pin uh, Sin Cara here. They hadn't counted out. So, so we're. Go- I think this is going to become a series now.
0: Jesus, <laughs> Sasha Banks has some bad news. This was probably the best promo I've ever seen Sasha Banks cut in my entire life. No exceptions that I can recall. It didn't seem scripted. She didn't say. I'm the boss, every fourth word. That's cool, like that. Dana Brooke came out and says that she that Charlotte is the queen of the division, yada, yada, yada. She's trying to kiss Charlotte's ass. Banks can deliver her bad news. She tries to attack Dana Brooke. And this, this was, I thought it was a great promo. I thought she did a good job selling it, Sasha being. Uh, and then Sasha hits the bank statement. And you know at that point if you know anything about WWE, nothing's wrong with her now because or else they, they wouldn't let her do that. She oh, says the I'm, bad news is for Charlotte
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: clash with champion. She's getting her title back.
1: That's interesting. Cause I thought they had promised the match to Bailey originally, but maybe they've changed it. Um, I agree with you on every point about Sasha. Um, she didn't refer to herself as the boss every other word. Um, it felt unscripted. It felt from the heart. It was great. I was buying it right up until the point where Dana Brooks' music hit, and I went, okay, good job to you, WWE, for swerving me here. At that point, I knew, I knew it was the bad news is I'm back, and you all, yeah, whatever. Um, it angers me again because I made this point when Sasha was first knocked out uh, that they should have held off on taking the title off of her. They should have, you know what, they should have waited the 30 days or so, and if it was a serious injury, then they could play that up as into Charlotte's viciousness and part of her character and have her take the title then.
0: Because look at that. She's wrestling at Clash of Champions. She was taking bumps tonight.
1: Yeah, it makes the Raw victory mean absolutely nothing, and it was a great match and a great moment that's now ultimately going to be forgotten.
0: I don't know if it'll be forgotten, but it, it is certainly negated a little bit, and I hate that. Yeah they ju- they, they, pan- they
1: panicked and they jumped the gun, and I don't, sure. I don't know if she's get, I don't know if she's getting the title back at Clash of Champions.
0: Maybe not. Maybe Alicia Fox runs down and tears <laughs> the whole ring apart and pulls out everybody's weaves, and they just give her the title because she's the greatest thing on earth. That's what <laughs> they should do. Jeez. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, fantastic match. Per usual, no surprise. Kevin Owens wins, power bombs him for the one, two, three. Roman Reigns' music hits,
1: <laughs> boom! Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> of course, the desired reaction from WWE. Oh yeah, give the fans uh, what WWE, they want. Yeah. yeah, Kevin calmly exits to ringside. Jericho comes down the ramp. Mick Foley's music hits. He says, "If he says Roman will face Kevin next week on Raw, if he wins." that the uh, Clash of Champions Universal title match will become a triple threat. Jericho tries to ambush Reigns and eats a spear. What did you think of the closing of this show?
1: I thought it was fine. I'm a little worried about the angle they're doing with Sammy here and that he gets injured every match. <laughs> um, just as a story, it doesn't build up the underdog aspect. It makes him seem more fragile than actually an underdog. Um, now, did he say he was facing Owens, or was he facing Jericho for the spot in the triple threat?
0: Because I was just no, only kind of half watching. No, Roman Reigns okay. is fighting Kevin Owens. Okay, yeah. I
1: was only half watching it at that point because that was the point where he called me and said, can you get online? Um, <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, I would much rather they keep it Seth and, and and Owens and kind of leave it up to the audience to pick sides on it. I, I think that'd be much more interesting than putting Roman in there. Um. But I think they're going to put Roman in there.
0: You're not the worst raw I've ever seen tonight. No, no, there was some, there was some stuff. I mean, it, it's one of those shows that you look at and you're like, you know what? If this were a two hour show, it could have been okay. Yeah. But it wasn't a two hour show. And, and I hate that because SmackDown, as we've mentioned time and time again, a much more digestible show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, It's tough. It's tough sometimes. The comedy
1: on SmackDown comes much more naturally than it does on Raw. On Raw, it feels like they're force-feeding it to you.
0: And you want to know what's funny? That SmackDown is two hours long, and the 30 minutes that follow that on Talking Smack have become must-watch TV. I agree. So they have taken a two-hour show, made it pretty good, extended it to two and a half hours, really three and a half hours if you include our fantastic podcast, that happens afterwards because that's also must see tv. And they made it really really fun to watch. Uh raw is they're trying to be fair to them, you know. They're they're waiting on the cruiserweights. That's going to help a little bit as far as exciting in-ring content. That will definitely help. I get the feeling you won't have as much Darren Young, Titus O'Neil when the cruiserweights <laughs> are around. Hopefully at least no disrespect to those two. But, man, that's a shitty angle. That's a really bad angle. Terrible angle. (laughs) I really don't like it. Uh, Now, how do you think it ends? Oh, God. Do we get the primetime players back? With Bob Backlund as a manager, I'd be cool with it. Yes. Okay. I would. I'd be fine with it. Like, maybe it was a ploy all along for Bob Backlund to – mastermind them finding their fire and he said that you had the only way you can be great again is with Titus O'Neill or something like that because Bob Backlund is an evil genius and I believe that he could pull off some stuff like that uh mm-hmm. send in some questions guys by the way but before we do that there's a guy fighting on Saturday night Jeff by the name of CM Punk oh Phil Brooks how do you think he does <laughs> How do you think I – I want to address that. Some people are like, why are they calling it Fiam Puck? That, that is real name. Well, you it's know what? Check Congo. Congo is not check Congo's real name, Correct. who I'm interviewing tomorrow, by the way. Mirko Glace. Kokop
1: is not his real name.
0: Correct. Gleason Tebow, not his real name. There were probably a half a dozen guys in the UFC. I didn't know that these weren't their real names, and I cover them for a living The only way I found out is when Reebok made those ridiculous fighter kits where they put the fighters' real last names that nobody knew on the fighter kits, and people were like, well, who the hell is that?
1: I have friends that actually actually like those kits. I don't understand why.
0: (laughs) Well, what was the analogy I made earlier? I would rather gnaw on a porcupine. I would rather rub my elbows on concrete and then pour rubbing alcohol all over them Then wear a Reebok fight kit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially when you can go to prowrestlingteescom slash Sean Ross Sap and buy some great catch wrestling and and fight team gear. Hot damn. How do you think CM Punk does this Saturday?
1: I think he might survive a round, but I think he's going to lose.
0: He's pretty confident. He says that well, he is going he, to leave it on the feet and then, then Mickey Gall is going to turn into a wrestler and it's going to open up a whole new set of problems.
1: I think, I bet, I think you should hope he doesn't turn into a wrestler because I'm not sure his ground game is ready for that. Um, you know, It's a different style of wrestling, Punk. No offense. Um, look, I think Punk has the tools to survive around against a guy of Mickey Gall's skill level but i don't think you know if he wins it'll be a surprise and i won't hate him for it i think he i think he should think hard about taking a second fight but you know what i got no problem with him fighting i got no problem with the ufc signing him i got a problem with him being too confident but i think he's supposed you're supposed to be confident in the fight hype you're supposed to be he's not gonna say he's not gonna he's he's not gonna say
0: i don't know gee you know He's been very humble until this week. Yes. And this week he's really stepped up his confidence. But I think he knows that he has to. He knows be, that a lot of people are looking at him saying, "Where's the promo? Where's the confidence? Yeah. Where's the CM Punk we know?" You know but what he they want him to be they approach want, the sport.
1: They want him to be brash. And he's not going to be brash yeah. because brash is more cockiness. He's just being very confident in his abilities, and there's a difference. Sure.
0: Which do you think is more likely? That CM Punk wins or that Rob actually eats a hat?
1: That CM Punk wins. I don't think Rob eats a hat. I think I think he finds I think he finds a loophole or a cake hat or I or or hey, the I mean, people or the, or the people say Rob, Rob, we need you on these podcasts. We need you. We need Rob McCarron back here. And we can't have you dying because you did you 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 popped off your mouth yet again and said something dumb when you should listen to Hawkins and take a more measured response to things. But no, Rob's gonna be Rob, be Rob, y'all. He's gonna he's gonna spout off. He's gonna make those brash hot takes that we all love him for, and he's gonna end up eating a hat probably. But I th- I think I think it's more likely that CM Punk wins than that Rob. See Rob Rob will find a way to video edit a hat to make it look like it's been eaten. And go look what I did, guys.
0: I think that uh, <laughs> if he ate an edible hat, I think everybody would be cool with that.
1: A paper hat. I think
0: everybody could... would be fine with that. Here, here's a few of the questions. Lots of people are asking, "What do you think about Sasha calling Dana Miss Piggy?" I don't like it, but if she cleared it with Dana Brooke beforehand, I'd be okay with it.
1: It's not the first time that that's happened. Someone, has, I forgot what other promo they did, but they called her. I think it was on NXT. Carmella. Actually, I think well, yeah, Carmella. Carmella did. I think also, I think Sasha
0: did it at one point on NXT, but. Uh, also, Luke Gallo's wife last week.
1: I, I don't care for it at all, to be honest with you. Not
0: not a big fan of it. Yeah, she's got some work done. Nah. Do we ever see Paige returning to the WWE? Yeah, absolutely. She's coming back.
1: Mm, I don't know.
0: This is this is ever. Oh, ever,
1: it. ever, yes. Ever. Even, eventually, she, yes.
0: She's like 24. Yes, she's Might
1: she's be a back. few years, but she'll eventually come back. What, 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 do we once, think we'll once this May-December romance thing peters out, she's going to come crawling back to the WWE.
0: What do we think, uh, Who or who do we think will win the main event next week? I think that probably Kevin Owens will win it when Triple H costs Roman Reigns the match. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, I think Owens retains. I was about to say Stipe. Um,
0: but yes, no. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I th- I think Kevin Owens retains. I think it's too soon to take the belt off him.
0: I'll say this. Who do you think wins the main event on Saturday, Stipe or Overeem? Stipe? Stipe. Man, I can't wait for that one. That show, that pay per view show is and a porn I, I think
1: Verdum wins his match. I, I hope they're building for a rematch, even though Kane, Kane always seems to be in the title Ooh. picture.
0: He looked good in July. Uh, we will have a full live viewing party of that UFC 203 show featuring the CM Punk debut on Fightful.com, so come out, hang out on our boards, talk about it also, post in our forums about it, talk a bunch of shit, that's what they're there for. Just let people know about the site. We're still very young, still very new. We just started a little bit of marketing, but we're still fixing some things, so we haven't ramped it up full speed yet. But we also have a a live podcast with myself and Showdown Joe immediately following that, so make sure to check that out as well. Here's a question for you.
1: Here's a question for you. More likely to happen. Robbie, it's a hat. Or Vince Russo calls you 15 years from the date he said he would to talk about the Kevin Owens victory.
0: Rob (laughs) eating a hat. Because Vince Russo frequently calls my telephone. He actually does, he does. In the future? Yeah, I would say (laughs) to prove a point, he would absolutely make that call. I'm willing to bet that he already put that in his Google calendars (laughs) for 15 years from that date Mm -hmm. to find out. And I can't wait to be like, yeah, I remember. But like I told him on that show, what he said was, I'll call you in 15 years and see if anybody is still talking about the Kevin Owens victory. And I was like, well, if that's the case, then you will be Vince because you'll be asking me about it. So I win. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. <laughs> Somebody asked, what do I think uh, or what do we think of Cody Rhodes going to TNA? I don't think anything of it. I think he's going everywhere. New Japan, Ring of Honor, TNA, PWG, Evolve. He's doing whatever the hell he wants to do. I don't think he's
1: staying. I, I think it's just – I don't think he's going to be signing anything long term. I think it's just going to be kind of a by-appearance deal for him.
0: I do too. You think that Damian Sandow could have been in Cody Rhodes' role right now had he left WWE without being released?
1: Yes. Um, I do too. And let's put it this way. The PWG crowd loved Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, the first match was was good. The second match, they absolutely fell in love. And and uh, and he endeared himself. I mean, it's not hard to impress the PWG crowd. I think the only guy in the past few years who hasn't is, of course, the aforementioned Brian Myers slash Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> coming to smackdown soon
0: yeah uh cody Rhodes was never an indie guy either no he's been a wwe guy all along but and he can't I use think, his name <laughs> yeah so he can't use his name what on tv or yeah, anywhere on tv man isn't that weird isn't that weird so i mean he'll probably just go like cody runnels
1: yeah i think so
0: huh damn Somebody says, will you react to the PWG preview? They already have the preview out. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's fantastic. Uh, I'll check it out after this, and I'll react to it tomorrow for sure. Absolutely. Their previews, the PWG previews, are one of my favorite things in pro wrestling. I love them. They're always action-packed and fun to watch. Bowl is a fun show to watch always if you like that
1: style of independent wrestling. Um, It's not always my cup of tea uh, because I'm more of an old-school guy. But you know what? If you like indie athleticism, then, I mean, there's nothing to lead me to believe that you won't love this.
0: Tell the people about Shake Them Ropes before we... Well, should head Rob. Off and, I, and I sleep for three weeks.
1: You can follow the show on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes if you want to follow my personal ramblings. I'm at Crap Game 13. If you want to know what Crap Game 13 means, write me, I'll tell you. Um, this week on Shake Them Ropes, we'll go over everything WWE, should Rob be able to get his technical difficulties sorted out. And uh, this week, our top 100 match to see on the network before you die that we go over the ladder match Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam the ladder match that started all this madness with the ladders.
0: Guys, I want to thank you all so much for joining us. As always, please share our stories, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. Follow us at Fightful Online on Twitter and Facebook. Go check that out as well. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. I am back in the full swing of things. I think tomorrow I have to do some cleaning up at the venue, getting our decorations and things like that. But I am back to work full on, I think, tomorrow – so lots of, lots of stuff coming, lots of content coming. We have some exclusive uh, content from Josh Barnett, who won Saturday night, talking about this Saturday's main event. Lots of stuff for UFC 203. Of course, all your pro wrestling, boxing, MMA news. If you don't like it, if you don't like one of those sports, you can filter them out on our main page. All kinds of cool stuff. We like to bring you all, all kinds of media. Like we, we post the most interesting videos from wrestling, MMA, and boxing as well. So check us out, Fightful.com. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell, Tell your enemies. Tell them. If, if your grandma died like 40 years ago or something and doesn't know about Fightful, build a time machine, go back, take your laptop with you, and a mobile, mobile hotspot, please, because I don't think Wi-Fi existed back then. Show her Fightful online or just bring her back here if that's a thing you can do. But let her know about Fightful.com. Sean Ross Sapp
1: is all about the time travel, be it it with Vince Russo or with my grandmother. Hey,
0: hey, (laughs) I'm just trying to do what's right for the site. Mm. Thank you, guys. Until tomorrow night, we are out.